this here. Radio, and right now I am also simulcast 
on YouTube. So on YouTube, I am under Lisa Effect. That is A-F-F-E-C-T. If you want to know uh, where to find me, man, just look me up on the Internet. Lisa Effect, you'll see me on iTunes and all that good stuff. So yes, yes, yes. And today's date is Thursday, May 24th, 2018. Hope you guys are doing good. You know, sorry, you guys, my chat room is not opening up on Blog Talk. I'm going to try it again, but, man, I don't think it's working. What's up, Karen? How you doing, girl? Let's see. I'm going to try it again. Dang. Oh, no, it's not working, you guys. Oh, well. Well, we are um, in the chat room on YouTube, so. And if you guys want to call in, give me a call, 347-996-5369. Press 1 on your keypad if you want to talk to me. And here we go. Hope you guys are having a good week so far. I had a pretty good week. Not bad, not bad. Let me see. Oh, Tuesday, I did end up going to that dinner because I told you guys I was going to like a beer tasting and a dinner type event. Oh, that was fun. Me and my friend went, you know, and oh my God, we got to taste eight different beers, okay? Now, of course, they don't give you like eight pints of beer. You understand what I'm saying? It was kind of like they give you a, I don't know, like a champagne glass full or something like that. They had a little table decked out. It was really as in, uh, you know, very informal, you know, and one lady, uh, she was kind of like the host, I guess you would say. And uh, she would just go over the history of uh, the brewery, you know, like a lot, I think a lot of the beers were uh, Belgium beers. So she was just talking about, okay, this family has been doing brewing beer for like this generation, you know what I mean? So she gives you kind of a little, uh, you know, the way this particular, uh, you know, place brew their beer, you know, and then you taste it and everything like that and, yeah, it was good. You know, it was very, very good. Some of the beers, of course, I didn't like, but some of them I did. Ooh, I tried one. It was like a strawberry. Ooh, then another one was like a peach. Oh, man. Then the last one almost tasted more like wine, you know, because all of them were fruit-based. So, yes, and I learned, too, you know, and we played some little trivia, you know, and stuff like that about beer and stuff. It was It was one of those, like, uh, named the oldest beer company, you know what I mean, like multiple choice, you know, and if you pick the right one, you get a small little bag of candy, you know what I mean. So, yeah, it was good. It was not bad at all, you know, and it was how many courses of food? I think it was like five courses, you know, but they were small. You know, we ain't talking like Buck Isle, you know what I mean. So, yeah, so I had a good time. And, of course, um, I didn't go to work the next day. <laughs> Man, please, that food and that beer. I was like, oh, hell no. So, no, I didn't go to work the next day. So, the next day on my day off, I really didn't do anything special. Um, what did I do? I did stuff like, you know, wash my car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Went to the grocery store, you know, stuff like that. And, um, oh, and I watched uh, regular TV because I hardly ever watch regular TV anymore. You know, you know how the court shows still come on, you know, regular TV. So I watched a little bit of Judge Hatchet, hey, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so that's all I did was chill. And uh, tomorrow after work, uh, me and some coworkers, we're going to go to happy hour. 
Uh, so that should be cool. You know, we thought we might get, uh, get off work early tomorrow, you know, because of Memorial Day. Uh, but, no, we got that email. Oh, don't you hate that when they give you the email day before to let you know you ain't getting off work early on Friday. It's like, seriously, whatever. So, yeah, so unfortunately we're going to have to stay a full day, which kind of sucks because it would have been nice if we all got off work at the same time so we could all meet at happy hour at the same time. You know what I mean? But it shouldn't be that much of a time difference, you know, because after I get off work, some people just get off like um, 30 minutes later, some an hour later. So it should be good. So, yeah, so, you know, we should have some fun. Um, and then over the weekend, my nephew's birthday, oh, my God, why did I think it was last weekend? For some reason, I'm always thinking his birthday is on May 20th. I have no idea why. Maybe I need to look it up, like, what happened on May 20th before he was born, you know, because I keep thinking his birthday is May 20th, and it isn't. It's like, ugh. So anyway, so for my nephew, um, he's turning nine years old. So, you know, I'm going to, God, I can't do it tomorrow. So on Saturday, I'm going to, you know, buy him some Wakanda gear, you know, get that Black Panther going. I'll probably go to Target, you know, and uh, I hate dreading going to Walmart. Man, when I go to Walmart, I haven't been in a while, but I make sure I get there like 8 o'clock in the morning, you know. It's like, ugh, it's like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and uh, what else am I going to do over the weekend uh, for the three-day weekend? I don't know, probably just chill with family, you know, because we'll be celebrating my nephew's birthday. and You know, but during Memorial Day, you know, while you're maybe having fun and everything like that, please keep in mind the purpose of Memorial Day, you know what I mean, because a lot of soldiers have given their life, their arms, and their legs, and their mental health you know, uh, for this country. So, you know, let's keep that in mind. And I wish that uh, more attention was given to our veterans. Oh, God. Sometimes I wish, man, let me be president, you know. Oh, my God. We really, God, they really need um, our attention, you know, because I don't, ooh, God, trying to be a soldier too? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I said, you know, so over the three-day weekend, you know, just, you know, take some time out or whatever, you know, to remember, you know, the soldiers, you know, the men and women who gave their life, you know, and all that good stuff. Well, not good stuff, but you know what I'm saying. Served in Vietnam. Oh, my God. Coming back just mentally shot, man. Mm, The ones in Iraq. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, what else? Oh, right before um, I came on the air, uh, I don't know, maybe two or three hours ago, I was looking at a documentary on Netflix. Oh, it looks, ooh, it's about the, it's called, I think it's called Wild Country. It's six hours long. They break it up in six parts. I'm only on part two. It's about some guy from India. He's supposed to be like this guru, you know what I'm saying, like back in the late 1960s. And uh, what do you know, he comes to America, (laughs) you know, and then, uh, you know, it's like um, young white people are so enthralled by him, you know, and then they buy some land in a 
in a desolate place in Oregon, and the townspeople don't like them, and the rest is history. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, and all this uh, now is taking place like in the late 70s, early 80s. So, yeah, so it looks good, though, so we'll see. Anyway, you guys, let's get to it. Um, Oh, before I um, do anything, you know, I have to always say on my show, you know, there is some cussing. And every once in a while, I will drop the N-word. So I'm just letting y'all know, you know, you've been warned. Just letting you know. All righty. I'm going to start off with some news first, because uh, we didn't do news last week. Because, you know, it was all into royalty, y'all. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm still thinking about it, actually. So, yeah, so now we're going to get back to business. And... uh Was that the guru that hung out with the Beatles? You know, Karen, I don't know. I don't think so. Well, I don't know. In this documentary, it starts in 1968 in India. And this 16-year-old chick in India, the minute she sees him, she like, oh, she instantly like, I love you. And I'm like, girl, bye. You know, and then she just I don't think they had, like, a sexual relationship, but she was just like, oh, my God, you are my God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah, and he just gets followers um, in India. I think, yeah, but um, there were mostly, like, white people coming to India to see him. Then they lived with him in India for about three years. Then he took off and went to the United States without telling them. They're like, where'd he go? It's like, he went to, you know, he went to the United States. So he set up shop here in the United States. So, yeah, it was interesting. So I'm not too sure, to be honest with you. Maybe it's probably not because I'm sure, because I'm on part two of this documentary. So I'm two hours into it. So they haven't mentioned the Beatles. So it's probably not the same one, but, yeah. Yeah, this guy, it's, he's one of these guys where um, I don't know what it is about him. I don't see nothing. But it looks like he came at a time period where, uh, you know, young white people were looking for something different. You know what I mean? You know, getting married, having kids and religion. They were kind of like, I don't know, I guess second-guessing it, you know. And he offered some kind of alternative that some of them, like, went for, you know what I mean. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, and it was, yeah, free love, and he was just talking about, um, I don't know, I mean, I guess, I, I don't, you know, I don't understand how they liked him so much, you know what I mean? I don't see anything all that interesting, <laughs> but then again, maybe I had to be there you know, back in 1968 to see it, I guess. But I'm like, okay, you know, so, yeah, y'all. So anyway, so, yeah, so after I get off of here, um, I'll probably, you know, finish watching some of that. So, (laughs) yeah, we'll see how it goes. So, yeah, because I don't even know if this guy is still living. Is he dead or what, you know? And I'm sure I could look it up on the Internet, but it's not like, ah, I just want, you know what I mean. I want to play it out. You know, I don't want to, you know, I want to see what happens, you know, what's going to happen because this is interesting. So, all right, y'all, since I'm doing a little happy hour thing tomorrow, I'm not going to be too long here, um, you know, because I got to, you know, because I get up early in the morning, you guys. 
So, yeah, so, yep, yep, yep. So let, let us do some news, and then after that, we will get to tonight's topic. And when I do the news, um, it's not in order of importance. Um, what I do is I just, you know, look up stuff on the Internet, and uh, if it appeals to me or whatever, I will go ahead and let you all know about it. <laughs> and like I said uh, once before, I am not a journalist. You know, so I'm just giving you bits and pieces of a story. And it's up, it's up to you to do your own research, okay? I'm just getting in, you know, I'm not going to sit up here and read article after article. You understand what I'm saying? You know, I'll give you a little bit, you know, something for you to chew on. How's that? All righty, let's get started. Damn, why we got to get started with this? Clint Walker. Uh, Clint Walker was an actor way on Monday. He was 90 years old. Uh, yeah, so if his name doesn't ring a bell, that's because he was 90 and his he, grandparents may not have been born yet. But, yeah, he passed away on Monday. He was 90 years old. And he was most famous for playing the title role on the Western show Cheyenne. He played that role from 1955 to 1963. Oh, my God, you guys have to look at old pictures of this guy. This guy was like six foot six. And he was like built like I don't know like a like a sculpture or something like a statue. I mean he was like that's a big guy. When I say big, I'm not talking fat. I mean he was like zero percent body fat. You know what I'm saying? He was a big guy. You know. So yeah, and I've um and I knew exactly who he was. You know, because I'm a nerd. <laughs> So I knew exactly who he was. So when he passed away, I was like, damn, you know. So, yeah, so he is gone. Mm -hmm. Another one that's gone is actress Patricia Morris. She actually passed away a day before Clint. It's like, damn. But Homegirl was 103 years old. And she is famous for playing in The King and I, uh, the stage, uh, stage version, and Kiss Me Kate. I heard of the play Kiss Me Kate, but I've never watched it, to be honest with you. Oh, God, and why the media is reporting, oh, yes, and she never married, and she was childless. It's like, okay, damn. Why you got to say, like, it's depressing or something that she never got married and never had, had kids. You know what I mean? Just the sentence was so blunt and so cold, you know? Uh, she was childless, and she never married. It's like, that don't mean she wasn't having fun. Shit, she was doing something for 103 years, right? It's like, man. Uh-huh. And, uh, and she kept doing appearances up until she was 101. I'm like, damn, girl. It's like, uh. Yeah, Karen, I do hate that double standard for women. Yeah, they act like she was like, loser. <laughs> you know what I mean? For all we know, maybe she couldn't have children. You know what I mean? I mean, back then. Uh, women didn't talk about the reproductive organs like we do now. You know what I'm saying? If something was wrong with her uterus or something, I mean, that's not – and remember, the lady passed away at 103, okay? So that's not something you're going to say like in the 1920s or something, you know, like something wrong with my uterus, y'all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, uh-uh. Hey, what's up, Charles? What's up? Oh, yes. Yep, yep. Oh, now, did you guys hear about this story? Now, this surprised my sister because she goes, oh, I have a crush on him. 
homeboy from Catfish, the host, Nev, that's his name, right? The show has been suspended because a woman from one of the episodes claims uh, he was messing with her, like trying to. You know, he kept saying, like, during the filming, and she's on YouTube, by the way. Uh, she's a young black woman. You know, she's cute, too. Um, anyway, she was um, saying during filming um, how he kept talking about she was cute, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And she is a lesbian, right? And he kept saying, oh, so you're bisexual? She goes, no, I'm a lesbian. Feel her out like, are you sure you don't like men? You know what I'm saying? And that's another stereotype. When guys think you're pretty and you're a lesbian, they don't take it seriously, you know. But he was like, oh, I'm trying to act like, are you sure? She's like, yes, I'm sure I'm a lesbian, <laughs> right? Oh, God. And then he was trying to, then he was like, oh, are you staying? We're staying at this hotel. You know, let's just say hypothetically, hey, we're staying at the Marriott. Uh, is that where you're staying, you know? And she said something like, oh, yeah, I'm staying there, too. And he was like, oh, what floor? You know, and then she was saying his co-host was kind of giving Nev the side eye, like, uh, dude, I think he's going to look at you far. <laughs> you know, but this is all alleged, right? Uh, but the young lady, she is not um, asking for any money. And as far as I know, she has not filed a lawsuit. Uh, she's like, she just wants this, you know, uh, she just wants this aired, you know. And um, and what else? Oh, and guess what, you guys? Now, because this came up, they did a little digging into that. What, you guys? Back in 2006, he was kicked out of college and arrested for punching a woman in the face. Yes, you guys, the host of Pat, the show Catfish. You know, so you got to watch these little quiet, unassuming guys. You know what? He looks like he weighs all of, what, 125 pounds, you know? It's like, shit, you know? It's like, dang, punching women in the face and everything. Ooh, so who knows? Maybe catfish, it might not even come back on the air, right? I mean, see, and this is what I hate, too. It's like all it takes is one person to mess up the money train, right? That's all it takes, you know, and not even the money. It's just wonder if you're the camera person or whatever and you love doing the show. Like, wow, this is the best gig I got. And now here you have, you know, homeboy just messing up the whole damn thing. It's like, damn, you know. Uh-huh. Let me turn off CNN. Sometimes Don Lemon be getting on my damn nerves. Seems like his segment is more like Trump gossip, right? Have you guys ever seen him? In the evenings, it's like, oh, he's all laughing sarcastically and stuff like that. It's like, oh, you know, I don't learn. I'm sorry. I don't learn anything from Don Lemon. It's almost like he just does, you know, his opinion. It's like, well, shit, let me do my opinion, right? Shit. You know, you got to look at me cussing already. Yeah, I'm turn homeboy off. I'm getting on my nerves. <laughs> oh, what did you say, Charles? Let's see. I am just Bill Cosby. Oh, yes, honey. We're going to talk about Morgan Freeman. Oh, nasty. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, what, Charles? You have a 10-page paper to type. Man, you better get on it, man. I mean, I know I'm important, but I don't know, Charles. I'm not that important. <laughs> no, no, no. 
But yeah, let's see. Oh, T.I. You guys heard about T.I., right? Oh, my God. He alleged gated community. Um, and I guess this is somewhere. What is this in Stockbridge, Georgia? And Yuan James, the security guard, was reportedly sleeping. And he didn't recognize T.I. Like, you live here? You know, and I think T.I., he, he was drunk and everything like that. You know, and the uh, security guy is like, you live here? And I guess T.I. Yeah, got a little bent out of shape that the security guard didn't recognize him, you know, because the security guy is a young black guy. But I guess T.I. Yeah, like, come on, bro, you don't know who I am. So anyway, T.I. Yeah, got into some kind of argument. And, honey, the security guy's like, I don't need to take this. I'm calling the police. <laughs> so he actually called the police, and the police report says, even the dispatcher heard T.I. yelling through the phone at the security guard. And that's when the police dispatcher is like, yeah, we're going to send the police if something is going on over there. You know what I'm saying? And so then um, allegedly the security guard eventually let T.I. inside the neighborhood. But guess what? After the rapper drove home, you know, and got settled in, he came back to the security guard and said, you know what, why don't you get out of that little booth? Why don't you come outside so we can deal with this man-to-man? It's like, what? So then that's when the police arrived. They arrested T.I. and charged him with uh, being drunk in public and disorderly conduct and a simple assault. And he was released on bail. And his lawyer sent up here trying to say he was wrongfully arrested. Seriously, please, you know. And now T.I. is talking about his image is damaged. Man, please, your image? Man, your image was already damaged and shot to hell. What image you got? Like, you're a role model, right? <laughs> T.I. thinks, what? Your image? Yeah, it's like, I, no shade against T.I., but, honey, nobody really takes you that seriously. I'm sorry. Nobody looks at you as an intellectual. I'm sorry. Your reputation is fine. Trust and believe. You're fine, okay? It's like, and T.I., he's like 40, right? He's 40 years old. This is not some young guy. This man is 40, still married, right? Aren't they still married? Yeah, with kids, acting a fool. You know what? He's lucky that security guard wasn't armed. I don't know if he was armed or not. He's a very... Very lucky, you know, going to sit up here and pop off at the mouth like that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, Charles, good night, sweetie. Yeah, work on that paper and good luck to you. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. What did you say, Karen? T.I. tried to take it to the streets. Yeah, and seeing guys like him, they do a lot of talking. You know what I mean? He's trying to be a bully. T.I., he's not even that tall, right? I'm not saying short guys can't fight. But it's like, dude, you're 40, please. That guy's probably one punch and knock you out. I mean, come on, you know, Tyree. I mean, that's just ghetto, right? Just straight up ghetto. Suge Knight. I ain't going to talk too much about Suge Knight because I don't know about y'all, but I'm still scared of Suge Knight, okay? <laughs> you know, uh-uh, I don't think I ever said anything bad about Suge Knight. <laughs> Oh, God, Suge Knight, uh, he's going to go to trial. His trial is set for this summer. So we'll see. To be honest, I totally forgot all about it. But, yep, he will be on trial. 
Because remember, they said he allegedly it was on video. He tried to like run over a guy. So I think they're trying to get him with attempted murder or something like that. So I don't know, but yep. So we shall see. Yep. Oh, Jet Lee. Have you guys seen him? People are freaking out because he looks so bad. Because I was like, because at first, at first I'd seen the story on Media Takeout, and you know how Media Takeout is. Oof, you take it with a grain of salt, okay? Because here's what they'll do. I'll give you a perfect example. I don't know, it was maybe about two years ago or something. They were like, look at Zac Efron. I think he got a sister. And it's like, what? And you look at the picture, it's totally obvious that's his publicist or his agent, and they're having a meeting, a business meeting in a restaurant. You understand what I'm saying? Then I think last time they'll say, oh, look at her. I think she got somebody white. And it's clearly that's her bodyguard. I mean, they get it wrong all the time. You know what I mean? But now... um, with Jet Li, I mean, this picture, because I was like, is that really Jet Li? So actually, I went on the Internet, it really was Jet Li. Oh, my, he looked like a tiny old little man. You know, I thought it was somebody in their 70s or something. Jet Li. And people are freaking out, you know, because he's only 55. I mean, and I'm like, ooh, this guy right here didn't even look like Jet Li. I would be like, uh, I don't know you. And he looks a lot older. And his people are saying he's been suffering from um, hyperthyroidism, and he's been suffering from that from the for the past ten years, which it could be true, you know. And who knows? Maybe that now he's older, maybe it's really affecting his body more. You know what I mean? Because what ten years ago he was forty-five, maybe his body was able to take it, but you know, sometimes as you get older and you have an illness, you can't bounce back as quickly. You know, so yeah, but it's like, oh man, you know, he don't, he does not look good. You know, it's like, uh, 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 yeah. So you know, it could be, I don't know, taking something out of him now that, um, you know, he's older. It's like, wow. What did you say, Karen? Makes your heart bad. Yeah, because I can imagine after so many years of dealing with that, your body probably just gets exhausted. You know, man, jet. Like some Jet Li, man. But, oh, and the Expendables 2, it's like, uh, uh, uh. And you guys, I think we already talked about, or I'm not sure, about the death of Margot Kidder. You guys know her, the actress. She passed away back on May 13th. Uh, probably uh, you guys will remember her from the old Superman movie uh, starring Christopher Reeve. I know when I was a little girl, oh, my God, you know, those movies were a real big deal. And especially, was it part two or part three that Richard Pryor was in it? I mean, even when I was a little girl, I was like, Richard Pryor in Superman? <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, you know, she passed away on May 13th. Um, yeah, she played Lois Lane. I believe she died in her sleep. She was only 69. Okay, Karen, Richard Pryor was in part three. Oh, I like part three. Is that where the bad guys come from, another planet or something like that? I think that's the one. Yeah, I loved all those movies, you know. It, it, nowadays, those movies may look a little cheesy, but, you know, when you're a little girl, you know, it's like, whoa, Superman. You know what I'm saying. So, And imagine when I was a little girl, 
you know, I grew up with Christopher Reeve, you know, playing the superhero. Now, 21st century style, now those same little girls will be growing up with Black Panther. Isn't that amazing? That is absolutely amazing. It's like, wow, things have changed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and she did uh, suffer from some uh, mental illness. It looks like back in 1990, she was in a car accident that left her partially paralyzed. And because she and she was in a wheelchair for about two years, and because of that, um, she wasn't able to work. So since she wasn't able to work, you know, she fell on hard times. And then what made it even worse was that she had been working on her autobiography for like three freaking years. Guess what happened? All of that information gone. Three years worth of writing. And so she was then. I remember she was caught hiding in some bushes or something. And I was, everybody was like, what is she doing, you know? But then that's when she was diagnosed with being bipolar. And back then, you know, being bipolar was something the media really wasn't talking about. So it was, you know, people were like, dang, she's just crazy, you know? And so then that's when she was diagnosed with being bipolar. And back in 2007, she announced she hadn't had a manic episode in 11 years. So I think that just really knocked the wind out of her. So, wow. What a trip. Mm. And Brandy Odom. Remember I told you about Brandy Odom? Brandy Odom was a young lady uh, whose dismembered body was found at a park in Brooklyn, New York. Kind of weird and kind of creepy and scary. Her head, they found her head, just her head in the park. Then they're like, oh, wait a second, here's her torso over here. Oh, well, here's her arms and legs. It was wow. And uh, as far as I know, I just looked today, and I don't see any updates on the case. And I hope and pray to God this does not turn into a cold case. Because when you have somebody cutting off heads and they're still running around, yeah, that can get a little scary. It's like, wow. And it looks like the media is really not covering Brandy Odom's story, you know, that much. Uh, I believe she was 26 years old, you know, black woman, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. And you guys know about Trump in North Korea. You know, they were scheduled to talk next month, and that won't be happening. But then it was breaking news tonight that – I don't know, North Korea's like, well, you know, we're not saying we'll never meet with you. So, ah, who knows, man? It's like this whole back and forth stuff. So, we'll see. Harvey Weinstein, you know him. Well, he is allegedly supposed to be turning himself into authorities in Manhattan on Friday to face criminal charges. Oh, my God, he probably has tons of criminal charges. So, ooh. And guess who's going to be right behind him? Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, um, as of, I think, just today, has been accused of uh, sexual harassment by eight different people. And another eight uh, said they witnessed the sexual harassment. So it's like, ooh, 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 ooh. Morgan, I don't know how is he going to get out of this one. Ooh, you got eight people? Uh-uh-uh. You know, Morgan Freeman is 80. I had no idea Morgan Freeman was that old because he always was 80. No, just kidding. I mean, right? <laughs> I don't know. He Because I remember growing up, 
he was on a kid's show called The Electric Company. And uh, it is so funny because when I was a kid growing up, um, you know, I just remember it was a tall, thin, black guy on the show, you know, because I think he was the only black guy on the show, you know, so I think that's why he caught my attention. And now when I look back, it's like, oh, my God, that was Morgan Freeman. What a trip, right? It's like, man, uh, uh, uh. Yep, yep, yep. What else? Oh, and you guys heard about the uh, bus crash. Oh, my God. A 77-year-old bus driver uh, killed a middle school teacher and a student. Uh, and uh, he has been charged with two counts of vehicular homicide. I believe this happened in New Jersey. Uh, and looking back at his record, he has had eight speeding tickets, and his license has been suspended several times. Why is he driving a bus? I have no idea. I'm like, man. Mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone was at the White House today. Now, why would Sylvester Stallone be at the White House? Now, I think Sylvester Stallone, he is a Republican. So I'm like, okay, maybe that's why he's at the White House. Well, he's at the White House because Trump pardoned the boxer Jack Johnson. If you're not familiar with Jack Johnson, Jack Johnson was the first uh boxer, black boxer, uh, to be heavyweight champion. Now, we're talking way back in the day because Jack Johnson himself has been dead for, oh, my God, almost 80 years. Yeah. Well, you. so what did Jack Johnson do? Well, back in 1913, he was convicted by an all-white jury of violating the Mann Act. And this made it illegal to transport women across state lines for immoral purposes. You know, he was with a white woman, you know, and he was sentenced to a year and a day in prison. So Jack was like, bump that. I'm not serving any prison time. So him and his wife, they fled the country, and they fled the United States, and they were gone for seven years. But then when he came back to the United States, he did serve the year in prison. And he actually had his last fight when he was 60 years old. And uh, he died way back in 1946 at the age of 68. So, yeah, as you can see, you know, Jack Johnson was living. Or he'd be pushing, what, 130 now? Let me see. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, that was still on his record. And I know they had wanted uh, George Bush to pardon him, uh, Obama. I knew it wasn't happening under the Obama presidency. I don't think Michelle Obama was like, nah, you ain't doing that. Because, <laughs> well, you know, Jack Johnson had a reputation. You know, all his wives were white. That's, hey, that's how he rolled. And um, and he was unapologetic. You know, like, yep, what you going to do? I love me some white women. Now what? You know, he was, you know. That's the kind of person he was, and he was very flamboyant. You know, he liked to drive his car fast, you know, and all that kind of stuff. That's just who he was, you know. And Burns, uh, you know Ken Burns. He always does, you know, good documentaries. And uh, the Jack Johnson documentary is called Unforgivable Blackness. Oh, it's an excellent documentary. You know, if you've never heard of Jack Johnson, I suggest you – uh, go ahead and watch that documentary. I think it's four hours long, if I'm not mistaken. 
I mean, Ken Burns really took his time uh, with this documentary. It's an excellent documentary. Um, yeah, so that's how I learned about Jack Johnson. To be honest, the first time I heard the name Jack Johnson, I hate to say it, it always comes back to Sanford and Son. <laughs> you know how Fred Sanford always tell me he was going to hit somebody, and he would see one day he said something like, yeah, I'm like Jack Johnson, you know, and I'm like, who the hell is that? <laughs> you know, and it was, oh, and I'm so embarrassed because I only found out about Jack Johnson again, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago. I was like, where did I hear that name from? Sanford and Son. <laughs> Yeah, so go ahead and check out that documentary. And uh, something else I was going to tell you guys about Jack Johnson. Mm, I forgot. Oh, yeah, I told you he died in 1946. Um, he died in a car uh, accident. Um, he went to a diner, and they refused to serve him because he was black. And the rumor is he got so upset he just stormed out, hopped in his car, and was driving really fast. And... That's what killed him. He got into a car crash. And let me tell you something, you guys. Jack Johnson was so, his persona was so larger than life. Uh, when Joe Lewis uh, became famous, uh, his people told him, uh, you don't want to end up like Jack Johnson. So um, if you go and see some white women, make sure you keep it on the down low, okay? Don't be acting like him and parading them around. <laughs> you know, when you get your white women, Keep it on the down low, you know. So it was kind of like after Jack Johnson, you know, black guys that were boxers were kind of like, you know, kind of played it low key. Until Muhammad Ali came along, of course. And that's a different topic for a different time. So, yep, yep, yep. Oh, what would you say, Karen? Jack Johnson had some self-hatred going on. Oh, yes. This guy was prison. He risked everything, honey, for that white coochie. Okay, let's keep it real, you know. And uh, it's very interesting. You know, and I've seen some old pictures of the chicks, and I'm like, okay, you know what I mean. I'm thinking they like, dang, you know, I think that they were like dime pieces, you know. And I think were all of them prostitutes? I think all of them were prostitutes, if I'm not mistaken. I think, too, that's how he rolled, you know. So, yeah. And it's too bad, too, he wasn't, I don't, he probably wasn't interviewed a lot. You know what I mean? It would have been really interesting <laughs> to get his perspective, you know, especially, wow, back in the turn of the 20th century? He was wilding out, y'all. It's like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right, Tyree. Uh, yeah, some of us don't like the color of our skin, yeah. And maybe with him, too. Like nowadays, you know, he felt, hey, you know, I'm champion of the world. You guys may think I'm beneath you, but look, I'm with a white woman. You know, I, you know, like, look, I'm not a savage. Look, you know, maybe that's it. I don't know. But like I said, I don't think he was really interviewed that much, you know, so we'll never know. But, yeah, but anyway, so I think Lennox Lewis was at the White House, too. Is that that? Is that that cute boxer I had a crush on back in the day? The British boxer? You know, the brother, Lennox Lewis? Let me see. I think that's him. I know it wasn't Bruno. I didn't think Bruno was good looking. Sorry, Bruno. Remember that old, remember back in the day he fought uh, Mike Tyson, Bruno? Oh, yeah, that is, yeah. I used to think Lennox is 
cute. Yeah. Oh, he's 52 now. His net worth is $101 million? What? Uh-oh, uh-oh, guess his spouse's name is Violet Chan. Uh-oh, let me see. Uh-oh. Okay, I don't know. Um. Okay, you go ahead, honey. Yeah, all righty. So anyway, yeah, Lennox Lewis. Wow, I haven't heard that name in a long time. So, yeah, he was at the White House today along with Sylvester Stallone and I think Jack Johnson's great, great, great niece <laughs> was there. So I feel so bad saying this, but I don't know if I would have showed up. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, what a trip. Mm-mm-mm. Jack Johnson. Anyway, okay. Moving right along. Oh, you go. You guys heard about Bill Russell. Y'all know Bill Russell. Come on, NBA Hall of Famer, man. Uh, I believe he went into the Hall of Fame, I want to say back in the 70s, maybe 1975. Well, um, he's at the hospital because, you know, he was in the hospital a few days ago. Scared the hell out of him because I'm like, ooh. So, you know, Russell, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's up there in age and he's getting around slower. So when they said he was in the hospital, I was like, ay, 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 ay. It's like, mm-mm-mm. What do you think, Karen? Uh, Tyree is Mr. T. Oh, look at you. What's up? <laughs> oh. So, yeah, but he's out of the hospital, and I guess he was just dehydrated. So, yeah. And, what, I, you know, I've never watched that show, uh, Deadliest Catch. I've never watched uh, the guy on the show, Big Hansen. He has uh, pled guilty to a misdemeanor. I guess he on an Uber driver last year in Seattle. It's like, oh, hell no. Oh, he's lucky. Man, people better leave people alone, right? It's like, you want to sit up here and try to sit on somebody like that? Mm-mm. Tacky ass. Uh-uh. So anyway, you guys, that is all I have as far as news. Now we're going to get to the big stuff, right? We're going to get to the topic for tonight. New NFL rule. You will stand for the anthem, period. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You will be standing for the national anthem. So it's like, uh, oh, before I forget, you guys, did you guys hear the story about this 13-year-old black kid that allegedly was abducted by white supremacists? Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know the whole story. Let me see. Yeah, I wanted to, let's see. 13-year-old Houston boy escaped with no shoes, torn clothes, after abduction by suspected white supremacist. Houston police are investigating after a 13-year-old boy was kidnapped from a bus stop on Monday and was spotted running from his captors while with ripped clothes and no shoes. The child's mother, Michelle Lee, said she called police when her son, Xavier Parker, didn't come home from school. Uh, but he was found, eventually found safe. But he likely suffered a very traumatic experience. Oh, my God. The sixth grader told police he was approached by five teenage boys. 
shortly after he got off the school bus that afternoon. He said the the boys forced him into a four-door car and drove him to a vacant cabin where they assaulted him. The suspects who were driven to the home, let's see, who were driven to the home, oh, wow, they stole the, the little boy's keys, phone, his shoes, and his jacket. Wow. Then when the group went into another room to load their gun, the team said he ran as fast as he could. Ooh. So, you know, so I guess the police are, you know, oh, now what are they saying? And it looks like there's evidence that this happened, but now some people are trying to say, oh, we have a lot of questions about it. So let's see. Who knows? Let's see. Sorry, you guys. I'm just reading it. Oh, God, I know this is not his mama. Please, God. Oh, shit. No, it's not his mama. Who the fuck? Who is this? They interviewed some black lady. She has a platinum blonde lace front. How do I know she has a lace front? Because she's wearing it like a George Washington wig. Oh, my God. This looks ridiculous. Is this a real person? And, and it's like glued all on the all on the edges. She looks like she's wearing a George Washington wig. Oh shit. Oh, she looks ridiculous. And well, she's saying she saw the little boy run down the street. She's a witness. Oh shit. If this goes to court, oh god. Karen, you need to see her. Oh, bless her heart. She looks ridiculous. And, of course, it's a platinum blonde. I'm talking Marilyn Monroe, okay? Marilyn Monroe, you know? It's so platinum blonde. No black person should be wearing this wig. I don't care what your skin tone is. This skin, this, (laughs) this blonde does not match any black person, period. Light. Dark, whatever. Oh, shit. I'm a player. I'm a see. God forgive me. What's she talking about? Oh, shit. Let me see. Oh, fuck. Let me see real quick, y'all. Hold up. Oh, I knew it. Oh, shit. The way she's talking ain't any better. God forgive me. Oh, shit. Anyway, oh, yeah, but, ooh, you hope that the story isn't true. Well, well, of course, you don't want him to lie, but it's like, damn, that's scary. Kidnapping people off a bus stop, it it wouldn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. All right, you guys. Yes, in Texas, yeah. (laughs) All right, y'all, what y'all think about this NFL? In case you didn't know, uh, the NFL laid down the law just yesterday. Cause, yeah, because I was flipping channels. No, I wasn't. That's what I also did yesterday. I went to the freaking nail shop. Yes. I try to be all glamorous, got my eyebrows done, you know, feet, hands. You know, that's where I seen this at. Yeah. The NFL laid down the law on Wednesday. They passed a revised policy that mandates players, and team personnel, not just the players, everybody who's on the team, 
that you are on the sidelines, you will stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. I'm like, damn, seriously? Or stay in your locker room until it's over, okay? And remember, back in September, President Trump told the players, you know, remember he called them son of a bitches, remember? And many, and after Trump said that, many teams and the players responded by demonstrating, by kneeling, or they stood with their arms locked. So, yeah, you guys. And what makes it so cold, you guys. Oh, wait, wait, before I get to that. And also, too, um, if you do kneel, like during the national anthem, like on the sidelines, Oh, not only will you get in trouble, your whole team will get in trouble, okay? The whole team, okay? It's like, damn, you know? Oh, and this is what's so cold about it, you guys. What's cold about it is the players were not even there at the meeting. They didn't even know the meeting was going on until it was over. Isn't that cold? It wasn't even like a rumor like, hey, they're meeting about something. They didn't even know about it until it was already set, like the new rule. I mean, and then they were saying, God, the NFL, you know how they have a union or something like that? They weren't even informed about the meeting. It was like the owners got together. This is what we're going to do. Boom. I'm like, whoa, that's cold, man. Mm-mm-mm. That is cold. You guys want to talk about it? Give me a call. Area code three four seven nine nine six five three six nine. Press one on your keypad if you want to talk to me. Ooh, that's cold. Oh my god. And then, um, dang, my opinion. In my personal opinion, I think the rule was unnecessary because uh, nobody was really protesting anymore, right? To me, I think it was kind of giving players kind of like a heads up for this season, you know, kind of like in case you were going to protest and try to show out, oh, we're going to lay down this law so you already know what's up, you know, before the season even starts. This is the way it's going to be now and in the future. And it's all about football, you know. So it's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And then the thing is trying to find the team as a whole. Now, that is a smart, evil move. The reason why I say it's a smart, evil move is because let's just say I protest. And I'm like, okay, find me $10,000. So what? I'm rich. I'll pay it. I'll keep paying it. And I'll keep protesting. But no, you know what? We're going to pass this cost along to the whole team. We're going to, I'm not saying they're going to make the whole team pay the fine, but they said the whole team will be penalized. Now, it didn't go into details how or anything like that. But so whoever protests on the team, it will reflect on the whole thing. They make them sure. And, of course, that's going to create hostility, right? If I'm protesting and doing all that kind of stuff, of course my teammates are going to be like, Lisa, come on now. You know, you're going to get us all in trouble. You know, I don't know, you know, if they're going to get a fine. Come on, Lisa, you know, I'm a rookie. You know, I need my money, you know. And it, you can see how it could create hostility, right? It's like, damn. And then, of course, our player is going to be looked at as a troublemaker, 
right? Because he's not going along with the plan. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be honest with you, these guys are too scared to protest anything, right? I mean, uh, I mean, of course, it's growing and shocking. So I'm like, whoa, whoa. But in reality, we know they all will be standing for the national anthem, right? I mean, come on. We kind of already know this. I hate to say it that way, you know. And I think it's almost like the owners of the teams are kind of saying, like, okay, you guys, you think you're rich with your mansions. You go to the strip club, make it rain. But guess what? We threw a rule over you. How's that? You know what I mean? It's kind of like, like, don't forget he's signing your check. I don't know. Yeah, and in a way, it's almost kind of embarrassing, right? But first of all, the whole world knows about this ruling. You know what I mean? So, of course, the whole world is going to be watching like, hmm, what are these black players going to do? Are they going to protest? What are they going to do? And it's going to be kind of embarrassing if they don't because it kind of looks, I don't know, like a little sign of weakness, I guess. I don't know. And then it also lets the world know, like, hey, no matter how big and strong you are, you're going to fall back and do as you're told, right? It's like, wow. And it's weird because you just got a handful of uh, white guys controlling a field full of black men, like super slaves, right? It's so odd, you know? It's like because it is almost like, well, I hate to say like slavery, because you have way more black guys than white guys, but it's a handful of white guys that is running the entire NFL. Wow. Mm. That's interesting. It's, ah, man. It's really sad. They're just scared. And then it's kind of like, well, if they're scared, then how are they going to protect black women and children? I'm not talking about just physically, but mentally and everything else, if they can't even, like, protect themselves, right? Oosh. That is embarrassing, man. It's like, oh. Mm, mm, mm. You know, I, I brought this up before, and I'm bringing it up again. It reminds me of a scene in this movie, Brother John. God, I wish I could find the clip. I have searched all over YouTube. I can't find it. It's a city. It's an old city Poirier movie called Brother John, and uh, so Sidney Poirier comes to town to visit his family. Right? I really don't know the plot of the story, but it's almost like every time Sidney Poirier comes to town, something weird happens or something. I don't know. It's kind of a like a weird movie or something. But anyway, you know, he's with his, you know, with his family. I think it's his brother and his brother's children or something like that. So anyway, I think they're at the dinner table or something, and then uh, they open the door, and there's the sheriff of the town, you know, this white guy, right? And he just comes into the house. He doesn't ask, hey, excuse me, can I come in? Oh, no, he just walks right into the house, right? And he's all looking around and stuff, and then Sidney Portier's, you know, relative is like, what the hell are you doing in my house? I'm just, this is not, this I'm just, that wasn't the dialogue, but in so many words. He's like, man, what the hell are you doing in my house? Get the hell out of my house. You know, we're getting ready to eat. You know, we're getting to have dinner. You know, you don't become throwing up in my house like this, talking that yin-yang. Get out, you know. And guess what that sheriff said? 
all he had to say was, hey, don't you work at that mill? Right when he said that, that's when the black man, you could see the fear in his eyes, and he kind of bowed his head a little bit, and his children were looking at him like in disappointment. You know what I mean? Like, Dad. And then the sheriff was smiling, like, yeah, gotcha. You know, I was like, oh, man, you know. And then I forgot the sheriff said something and laughed. But it was kind of like, wow, it just broke that black man. And now his children were looking at him like, dad's a wimp, dad's a wimp. You know, and this situation is the same way. It's like, oh, you know, these guys talk big and bad. They're tough on the field, you know. And the president calls them sons of bitches. And they still don't go out there. It's not funny. It's so sad. To the black community, it's just a wrap. I hate to say it like that. We ain't got a chance in hell. I'm sorry. If they're scared of a handful of white guys, oh, it's it's over. It's over. Oh, my God. It's over. Uh, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. I see why Meghan Markle's like, fuck this. I'm out of here. <laughs> I guess she's like, y'all deal with that. Bye bye. You know, it's like, uh, uh, uh. Wow. Yeah, Karen. None of them said, "Who are you calling SOB?" Yeah. After the president said that, some of them said a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, and there's a little bit of protesting. But come on, let's keep it real. Colin Kaepernick, you know, is the only one that's you know really doing the protesting, and and that makes me even more sad in a way because Colin Kaepernick is uh, biracial uh, raised by a white man and it's him that is fighting for black people (laughs) and then you have black guys that uh, have two black parents and they don't have the courage to do it it's like wow (laughs) wow so I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's like wow. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. It's just it's embarrassing. I'm beyond. It's just let me tell you something. You guys remember the whole Donald Sterling incident in the NBA and stuff like that? When that went down, the guys I work with knew for sure the black guys were going to stand up. You know. Because, you know, I work with some Latino guys, you know, and they just couldn't wait because they're like, you know, the brothers are going to, you know, they're going to stand up. Uh, even they were disappointed, you know, because they're like, wow. You know, all they did was turn their <laughs> their jerseys inside out as protests. Now, of course, they weren't wanting the players to, you know, act a fool or anything like that, but the guys at work assumed the players were going to sit out a game or two at least. I don't even think one team sat out not one game, right? I don't think so, right? Not one player. You know, because I thought maybe guys like Chris Paul, you know, some players that had a little more clout, I thought they would be the ones sitting on the bench, you know, because, of course, the rookies, you know, they're new. They're trying to get this money. But the ones that have already made the money, I thought for sure they would take a stand. And uh, no. <laughs> no, I guess they all leave it to LeBron James, right? LeBron James has to carry the entire NBA. God damn, this is embarrassing. Mm. 
Yeah, Karen said, what, they sold their souls for the money and fame. Karen, I think it's even beyond that. Like, God, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, my God. It's like you sold your manhood, your essence, like your everything. It's like what, that fear is real. It's like, oh, wow. Oh, I mean, I can see a person you know what I mean, that works a regular nine to five, has to put food on the table for their family. These guys are rich. And I understand some of them are taking care of three generations of people, right? But still, just out of your self-respect, man. Oh, my God. Mm, mm, mm. What do you think, Tyree? I bet little orange man calling them SOBs. Let him continue to have fun disrespecting us of all colors. Karma will catch up with him sooner or later. I don't know, Tyree, because here's my take on it. I, In my personal opinion, I feel if everybody is so offended by Donald Trump, I don't see anybody protesting Donald Trump at all. All I see is people talk about it for a day or two, and uh, everybody moves on, right? Just like when he called the player son of a bitches. We all moved on, right? We all went back to work. You know what I mean? Uh, even the players were really didn't seem that bothered by it. You know, hell, they still went right back on the field. You know, so it seems like, I don't know, it seems like people are not as upset with Trump I, as we think they are. That's just my opinion, you know. It's like, wow. What do you say, Karen? Most of these athletes grew up without strong black men in their lives. Yeah. And then you wonder, like, damn, was any man in their life? Like, any man? Like, God, damn. It's so hard. Yeah, and it is sad because some of them have lived lives that – I can't even relate to. You know what I mean? It's like, mm, mm, mm. It's, it's something. I, you know, I don't know. It is really something. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Am I back? Oh, it looks like I was having problems with my connection. Oh, boy. It's just, I don't know. It's just really, it's embarrassing. I'm I'm not going to lie. It is all embarrassing, you know. And it's sad at the same time. It's like, mm, mm, mm. I mean, I'm not expecting these players uh, to be like Malcolm X. You know, I'm not expecting that. I'm just expecting, like, just for your own (laughs) self-respect. You know what I mean? Just out of your own self-respect. I mean, God. Dang, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't get it. I just, mm-mm. Yeah. What do you say, Karen? People numb themselves with crap and try not to think about Trump and police brutality. Yeah. But, you know, Karen, on CNN, that's all they talk about is Trump. Trump, Trump, Trump. Karen, I'm telling you guys, mark my words, I have a feeling Trump is going to win a second term. And he is going to win very easily. He might even win easier than the first time. I can guarantee you. You know why? Because all we're doing, um, 
No, what do you think? I understand what you're saying, Lisa, but in my opinion, it is an insult to me. Oh, what's an insult? Tyree, type it. I don't know what you mean. But, yeah, Trump, in my opinion, he will get a second term. I can almost I can almost guarantee you Trump will get a second term. What do you say, Karen? I would hold up the Black Power Fist like at the 1968 Olympics. Yes. And you know what, Karen? It's funny you should bring up the 1968 Olympics because uh, my driver's ed teacher in high school, he was actually at the 1968 Olympics. He was on the baseball team at the 1968 Olympics. And I remember when I was in high school, he told us about it. And he said when they raised the black power fist, it was epic. Because everybody knew what it dang a word. So he was like, whoa, you know, so he knew exactly, you know, what they were doing. And on another side note, uh, one of the guys, um, I forgot which one uh, that did the black power fist, um, he was a babysitter to one of my friends. Uh, one of my friends, she grew up in the uh, Bay Area. Yeah, so uh, one of those guys, I forgot which one, he's kind of like a friend of the family, you know. So I was like, oh, man, you're so lucky. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Karen, I bet he did have some stories. Yeah, my high school teacher, because he was a part of history. You know, it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like I said, I kind of have a feeling Trump has a good chance of getting a second term. And let me tell you why. Uh, first of all, number one, it's almost time. Next year is the year when the campaigning starts, right? Because we get a new president, what, 2020? So next next time, next year, I mean, that is when the campaigning is set to start. Have you heard anything from the Democratic Party uh, of a potential candidate? All they keep saying is Cory Booker and what's her name out here in California, Camila. Uh, that's it? That's, that's who you're going to have to try to beat Trump? Seriously? What about the Green Party? What about the Independent Party? Ain't nobody got anybody running? And not only is that... <laughs> What you say, oh, God, please, not as another time. Karen, I have a feeling because you know why? For the past year, been nothing but Russia, okay? And so far now, we're talking about Stormy Daniels, a porn star, and the media is trying to piece together kind of like how can we make a case against Trump? You know what I mean? They kind of see if we can impeach him, and in my opinion, this is wasting valuable time that the Democratic Party does not have. The Democratic Party lost, you lost to a man that just came on a reality show. You haven't learned your lesson yet. I mean, Hillary Clinton couldn't beat this man. This man just got off TV. He destroyed every single candidate in the Republican Party. Jeb Bush, he made Jeb Bush trash. Jeb Bush, how do you sit up here? Jeb Bush's father was head of the CIA. Then he became vice president. Then he became president of the United States of America. Then your brother became president of the United States of America. But you couldn't beat Donald Trump that just 
came off a reality show. <laughs> Marco Rubio did not beat Donald Trump. Mitt Romney did not beat Donald Trump. John McCain, all, Lindsey Graham, all these names that we know and are familiar with, none of these men could go toe-to-toe with Donald Trump. So while Donald Trump was running for office, he talked about the handicap. He talked about everybody. And he still got into office, right? What, they said he's a sexist, he hates women, this and that, and he still got into office. And he were not paying attention to what he's doing because we're too caught up with the Russia, with, you know, trying to figure out, did he do something wrong so we can impeach him? Meantime, looks like the stock market is doing pretty good. The unemployment rate is doing pretty good. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? On paper, it looks like the United States is running the way it's supposed to run on paper. So what are you going to throw at him when it comes time for the debate? You're going to call him a racist? He's been called a racist uh, how many times now? Okay, he's been called a racist for over a year. That doesn't stick. He hates women. That hasn't stuck to him. What can you do to make something stick to him, you know? You're going to have to go with politics. You're going to have to stick with politics, but you really can't stick with politics because you can't really say he has destroyed the economy, right? I mean, uh, you understand what I mean? I don't know. I just, uh, uh, uh. What did you say, Karen? I think Russia's interference and the comment made by the CEA about Hillary influenced the election, yeah. But you know what, though? I think with Hillary, in all honesty, I don't think she had a chance. The reason why is because she was dependent on the black vote, and that black vote stayed at home. Because, see, it's kind of like the younger generation. They're not impressed by Bill and Hillary Clinton. You know, see, I remember when Bill Clinton went on the Arsenio Hall show and he played his saxophone, and that was hip. They're not impressed by that. They're like, so what? You know, and young people, they remember uh, the crime bill. Well, they don't remember it. They're reading about the crime bill of 1994 and how that put a generation of black men in prison. It created the three strikes law. And uh, I think it cost, what, $36 billion to create new prisons. So, yeah, <laughs> I, a lot of that was bought up uh, while she was trying to run for president. So I don't think a lot of young black people are that impressed with the Clintons. And to be honest, I think some black people are like, F it. I'm just going to stay at home and watch this and watch it on TV. So, yeah. Oh, most black folks remember Hillary's comments about Obama. Yeah, but look, but we still, you know, had her back. See, that's the thing. It's like we still had her back no matter what. And that's the thing. That's this double standard that I get tired of. You know what I mean? Okay, the Clintons, they say something racist. Well, you know, Donald Trump may say something similar. He's a white supremacist. <laughs> When has Hillary ever proven she has loved black people? What, because she said she got hot sauce in her purse? I mean, what? 
I mean, it's like just the last time. Let's see. What do you say, Karen? God is in control, and we might have problems with this. I don't know. Karen, I don't know. I mean, God was in control while we were in slavery. I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) You know, I don't know. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, just for me personally, I just don't fear Trump. I really don't. I don't, yeah, I just don't have that fear, you know, because I don't think anything is possible. But I don't think he's going to sign a $36 billion crime bill the way Bill Clinton did. It's possible. It's possible. But I don't know. You know, I don't know. And so far, as far as I know, uh, he hasn't. Remember uh, Senator Robert Byrd? Remember, he was a Democratic senator, and he was a former Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. That's what I don't get. This was a Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, and he never hid that. But black people still loved him anyway. That's what I don't, I don't understand. You know, he never hid it, so it's not like, well, we didn't know. I mean, wow. Karen, what do you think his policy change will affect poor people? Well, yeah, well, just like with the Clinton administration, the policy changes affect poor people too. Because remember, Bill Clinton did an overhaul on welfare, remember? He did the welfare to work. Hey, you ain't going to sit up here and be on welfare all these years. You know, he gave a deadline. So that really affected poor people drastically. You know, it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting. So, yeah, it's like, uh, uh, uh. So, yeah, so we'll see. But in my personal opinion, yeah, I I think we're arguing too much about Trump, you know, this back and forth. And in the meantime, it's almost time for us to vote again. And I just don't see anything different. You know what I mean? Can Cory Booker beat Donald Trump in an election? Of course not. That's just my opinion. Kamala Harris? Of course not. That's just my personal opinion. I don't see a lot of black people voting for Kamala Harris. I really don't. Because now, you know, Kamala Harris, she's biracial. Her mom is from India. And she's married to a white man. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how that goes over with the black community. I mean, hell, look at Meghan Markle. She's biracial, right? And she's catching hell for marrying a prince. <laughs> so I don't know. Voting for Kamala Harris president if she runs for president? I don't know. It's like, ah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, you're right, Karen Clinton. Forced, forced people into minimum wage jobs um, hours from their homes, yeah. You know what I think it is? Some things we don't realize until we look back at someone's presidency. You know what I mean? And me personally, I look at everybody. I don't care if they're Republican or I don't care if they're Democrat. I look at the laws that were passed under that president. You understand what I'm saying? I don't brush off the Democratic Party because of Democrats. I don't brush off Republicans because of Republicans. I need to see what happened under your watch. You understand what I'm saying? So that's 
what more I'm concerned about. I'm, you know what I mean. I, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, uh-uh. uh. It's like, oosh, now. But yeah, but I'm telling you, I still feel Trump has a, he has a good chance. He really has a good chance. And I don't even think anybody in the Republican Party, are they interested in running for president? I know Mitt Romney was kind of hinting around to it, but come on, I don't even think the Republican Party would probably want him to run. You know what I'm saying? And it looks like Trump does have a huge following. So I don't know. Because remember when Trump was running for office, it was kind of like, oh, only stupid people are going to vote for him. Well, must be a lot of stupid people. <laughs> so then he's in the White House, okay? So it's like, wow. Yeah, Karen, dumb black folks like Clinton because he got <laughs> Karen. He got handed the Oval Office and played with sack. Yeah, yeah, because people when he was with Monica Lewinsky, they were more thinking about the sex, the sex part, but. It's more of, imagine if this chick was a spy. <laughs> imagine if she was a terrorist. You know what I'm saying? It would be like, what's that movie? Oh, God, you know the movie I'm talking about. When Jamie Foxx was president, what was it? Olympus has fallen. <laughs> uh, first of all, I couldn't even picture Jamie Foxx. God forgive me. Jamie Foxx was president. I hate to say it. I watched like 30 minutes of that movie, and I'm like, he he, I could believe him more as being Ray Charles than being president of the United States. I'm sorry, I'm just like, uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> oh God, yeah. But you know what? I don't know, y'all. I don't know. In a way, I think sometimes I think black people were a little more savvy, but then at the same time. I don't know. It seems like we, how can I explain it? We dog each other out real quickly. You understand what I mean? Like, say, for instance, with Homeboy, Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, whatever you want to say it. Remember he released his video. We were like, it's epic. We love him. We love him. Then we found out he has a white woman and they have a kid. Sell out. I hate him. You know what I mean? So it's like we flip-flop sometimes so much about who we like. So I don't know. Yeah, you're right, Karen. We get impressed very quickly. It's kind of like sometimes I think we're too nice. I think we're a little too nice. We give everybody the benefit of the doubt, and then we get effed over, and then we're like, well, we just dust ourselves off and uh, just keep it pushing. Hey. But, yeah, so we'll see this new football season. Well, I was going to say it's going to be interesting, but not really, because we already know they ain't going to protest. Maybe one or one or two guys. I was going to say one or four guys. Nah, probably like one or two, you know, will protest. And, then nah, that's about it. It might happen once. It may happen twice. But it's so unfortunate because those black football players could shut down the NFL if they wanted to. But, uh don't look like that's going to happen. It's like, oh, okay, 314, see you on the air. I'm just going to uh, open up your line just to see if you have something to say. Here, hold on. Hey, 314, are you there? Well, hello, Lisa. Oh, 
everybody's favorite. What's up, Pianchi? How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Oh, that's good. Good. I'm glad you know you were talking good. about the NFL players. I think that yes. Was good... What's your take? Well, the owners—that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to set the conditions on what's allowed in the workplace. Free speech don't mm-hmm. apply to private companies. Now, tell me something, Pianchi. Now, because they had already set down the rule before, you know, in the protests, you know, they really didn't go anywhere anyway, and we all forgot about it. So why do you think they're bringing this up again? Well, I don't think they had the rules in place before, because if they had it up, it it wouldn't Uh happen. Now they happen where they're imposing fines. And uh, here's another thing, too. NFL players are operating under... The Sherman Antitrust Act, Taft-Hartley mm-hmm. Act, they are not, they are individual bargaining and litigation. They are not mm-hmm. a, they are not a bargaining group like you would see unions. Yeah, but the NFL, they do have a union to protect the players. Now, let's just the say un- this. The UN yeah, union, that, say, which, that's an association, that's not no. No, that but union what has I'm no. saying is. How come, or do you, or do you agree? Do you think that uh, they should have did this without letting the players know about it? What do you mean, letting the players were owners set up rules and regulations on how they operate? No, here. I know people set up rules and regulations, but when you set up rules and regulations, don't you let your employees know what's up? Do you let your employees know what's up? Well, like at my job or at any job, when change is done, them, it's like heads up. They are letting them yeah, know what's up. They're telling them the what fact. you can't, can't do. Yeah, but it was after that. the fact. That's it the was next after season. the fact. It's the next season. No, but what I'm up. saying is it was like, you know what? This is the way it's going to be. Boom, period. Well, yeah, that's, that's for the next season. Starting next season, this is where it's going to be. I know, but what I'm trying to say is it's like usually the way it runs is when you have a business, you let your employees, you give them a heads up. That's because whether in you're gonna change the rule, whether, whether you change the rule or not, you know, you do say, well, this is how it's going to be. But it's kind of, to me, it's almost kind of like a little punk move, you know, because you kind of did it behind their back. Well, it wasn't. When you deal, you're used to looking at Ford, Chevy, automobile unions, for 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 instance. Those are collective bargaining agents, groups. The NFL is a whole different ballpark. Those are individual no, contractual groups. It's not even about the rules and regulations. That's, but my point is you're going to sit up here and say something, but you're going to do it behind the back of your employees. Well, they didn't do it behind. Well, they didn't do it behind the back of the employees. They did yes, they it in did. the normal meeting. They no, did it in the normal no, no, meetings between the owners. The players weren't in the meeting, but that's what. Well, they're not supposed to be in the meeting with the owners. They are supposed to be in the meeting with owners. But when you do something behind your employees' back, you already know that's going to create animosity. Well, how do you hang on for a second? What players know they're going to be signed next year? That's not, they don't I'm even know where they're going to work. This rule. 
we're talking about this rule now that they and did. And this rule applies I mean, for the 20. going to create animosity. We already it know it. It applies for the 2018 going into the 2019 season. No, it's going way over 2018 and 19. This is for the future as well. The 2017-2018 the season is over. No, I'm talking about in the future. This is just not for the next season. It's the season after that. I and said it begins. Listen, listen to what I said. I said it begins in the 2018-2019 season. Yes, Next season know. might be something different. But that's what I'm saying. If you're going to change the rules, shouldn't you let your employees know? No, they each each of them so are individual contracts. So you don't let your employees know what's going on until it's over. My employees are under a collective bargaining agreement. I'm not talking about just a rule. I'm just talking about not creating animosity. And dysfunction well, if you don't like the animosity, the guess what? Wait a minute. If you don't like the animosity, go someplace else. But that's not how you run a successful business. Yes, it is. No, it, let you me tell, tell you all the something. Time. Come... I had a manager that thought like you. He was like, because uh, we kept having uh, like a high turnover rate, right? And we're like, God, you know, employees keep leaving. New ones keep coming in. And he was like, Oh, well, that's good for business because the ones that leave, they couldn't cut it. It's like, no, <laughs> maybe it's because your attitude is effed up. And that's let me what tell I'm you something. Let me let me it's let me explain something. Well, if you like it, if you don't like it, you can just leave. I don't know. You I don't, don't know what kind of business. When you're running a business, you, you can't yeah. have that type of mentality. I don't know what do kind of business point, you run. You let me tell you. Let me tell you from a business owner perspective. We give our employees, the iron workers that come to work for us, they have a safety manual that they follow by. Also, yeah. during contractual during contractual negotiation, you go back and forth on what they want. And their wages, their health and welfare, their overtime uh, rate, if it's double time or however, those are settled before the contractors sign agreements but that's not what union. I'm talking about, Bianchi. What I'm talking about is when you are doing an overhaul, in my opinion, this has nothing to do about law because you don't have to do it. I'm not even talking about a disagreement with the law. I'm just talking about trying to do change stuff behind the employee's back and letting them know after the fact you know that's going to create a hostile work environment. Well, it's not. It before is. they okay, didn't so have before. Well, you know, Lisa, it's, it it's one thing that I it's one thing I noticed about you, Lisa. You like to talk with people and still and you talk and I talk. And Pianchi, you love to talk too. Well, I'm trying to say something, but every time I start saying something, you start talking over me. Okay, go ahead, Pianchi. I'm gonna let you talk. Go. Now, as I said before, those players have individual contracts. It's not a collective bargaining and whatever stipulated in their contract. You can't ride motorcycles. You can't skateboard. You can't be slapping your wife. I know that. That's what they signed to. And if I they break that. those rules, guess what? Then you're going to pay the consequences. It gives them the option if they don't want to stand on the field because of religious reasons. They can stay in the clubhouse. 
but no more demonstrations like what we have seen on the field. That's it. Okay. And that's not what I'm talking about. And how that came about is how they chose to do it. Yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about whether they can do it or not. We know they can do it. They can do whatever they want. Well, let's let's put it like this. Suppose the players are suppose your Pianti, Pianti, I wasn't done. What I'm saying is this: Yeah, it's their it's their team. Okay, they can do whatever they want. Okay, my point is when you start changing rules and not you think they should bring all the employees in? Okay, Pianti. Yes, what I'm saying. That's what you think. Yes, you don't sit up here. All right, now let me give you a scenario. Up, wait, let me give you a scenario. You're cutting me off. Wait now. You're All cutting right. me off. What I'm saying is they can do whatever they want to. That's not my argument about mm-hmm. them protesting. It's not even about protesting, to be honest with you. It's just with anything. When you make a change like that and you don't even bother to notify your employees, well, quite naturally, you're going to create animosity in the workplace. They did get notices. No, they didn't. They had no clue that a meeting was done until after it was over. Well, let me ask you, how many NFL players are there? There's 10 teams. You got 400 players. So all 400 of those players are supposed to be in the boardroom with with the owners. And what's going to come out of that? You're old school now. We don't have 400 people in a meeting. It's called a conference call. So you're going to get all 400 of them on a conference call? Yes. Yes. All it's right. not difficult. It's called technology. All right. It happens every day at work. We have okay. almost 1,000 employees on a conference call Why don't we just send them work? a text message? A text message. No more Why kneeling during the national anthem. notify them. It's not uh, difficult to or, get a couple of hundred people in a conference call. Or guess what? They can read it. all at work. Right. <laughs> about, they can read it in the newspaper, too. Two months ago. Yeah, they can read it in the newspaper. And we had a conference call. Reading a newspaper. Yes. Well, that's what they did, and that didn't work. Now they know. Well, and if, don't know, if any of them don't business, want to. Then that's the way you run it. You run it like the yeah, NFL. Yeah, you're right. If, if you don't I'm want to play, don't play. It creates. Well, anybody can say that, then you'll lose money. No, it's you want you to. There's always like somebody there to take your place. No, not in the NFL. This Saturday, listen, this Saturday I'm going to a combine here in St. Louis, a football combine. You got young people that's trying to take their place. Let me, let me, yeah, trying. (laughs) Let me tell you Well, some of them will. Some of them will exceed others. Yeah, but you have to understand when you're an athlete, it's not more about you you being an athlete. It's about your personality. Are you going to show up for practice? Remember Dennis Rodman got kicked out of the NBA? He was one of the best rebounders in history. But he didn't know how to show up for practice. So guess what? You're gone. Bye-bye. Absolutely. So if you don't want to play by the rules. About if you're the best. If you don't want to play by the rules, you got to go. But what I'm trying to say is, and what happened to the team after that? There's always somebody. Play. There's always because, somebody to pick your place. When you have that mentality, well, somebody else can take your place you're going to always have a high turnover. Because I had a manager like that. Well, if you don't like it, you can leave. And we did. 
and, and somebody so took your place. Say, yep, and guess what? In less than two years, the entire company went out of business. Well, now, maybe that would have happened anyway. Gone. But no, here's the thing: it's is that somebody that can't know what the Yanni Molina, the catcher for the St. Louis Cardinals, got hurt here about two weeks ago. Guess what? Somebody came in and took his place. Priyanka, you just don't get the business aspect of it. You're just talking about a body. Well, you know, we can just replace well, you. Nah. Well, I was in the same nah. business for it's decades, It's not that Lisa. difficult. But look, let me tell you something. I'm still well, let me ask you something. Let's, let me ask you something real quick. And we, can, we can end this conversation. For, no, we can end this conversation. Me, name somebody that's come along since Mike Tyson. What do you mean since Mike can Tyson? Can you name me a heavy... You said everybody's replaceable, right? So name yeah. me the next Mike Tyson. The, the Russian, the Russian boxer came you along. You know that Russian guy is not like Mike Tyson. Stop. He's a heavyweight <laughs> champion. He's a heavyweight champion, but he ain't no Mike Tyson. Mike Come Tyson got whooped. Tyson got beat. When they all oh have got goodness. whooped. Muhammad Ali has got whooped. That's not what I'm saying. People well, like them come along once in a life. Time. They're not that easily to be replaced. Well, it is. Mike Tyson was given warnings about hitting below the be belt. Replaced. If he had to continue to hit below the belt, he would have been disqualified. Okay, you can say Mike Tyson can be easily replaced, so we can agree to disagree because I'm still waiting on the Mike Tyson, Tyson is an individual. He's not a team. No, what I'm saying is you keep saying athletes are replaceable. They're they not, are replaceable. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. Carl Ripon, Carl Ripon, do it's not play not baseball today. Michael Jordan, do not play basketball today. We know, my, and we're still waiting on the next Michael Jordan. LeBron James has LeBron James has eclipsed all his personal best. Oh no! Come, oh God! You must not have remembered seeing Michael Jordan play. Come on now, come on. Skip Curry hits more three points than Michael Jordan did. We're t- come on. I mean, so you, know, when, you had you had uh, Curry Michael on Jordan, disabled list Michael, for. Let me tell you something, Michael. You Jordan had Curry on, on the disabled list for about three weeks, and the team still won. Tell me something, Pianchi. What do you think about Kobe Bryant? What about him? He's retired. No. What do you think about him as a player? When he got hurt, somebody came in and took his place in the no, team. No, what one. I'm talking about. How do you? How does he compare with Michael Jordan? Well, well, Lisa, I'm a baseball man. I don't follow really basketball and football. Well, what don't I'm have no concerns about. It. What I'm trying to say is this: when it comes to somebody like Kobe Bryant, you know, he's the next Michael Jordan. He'll go down in history as being one of the best. His shoes still won't sell like Michael Jordan. With Michael Jordan, shoes. it went what beyond. What does the guy do about selling shoes? It went beyond, honey. I'm sorry. It's more. <laughs> you gotta have what more it got to than do? just dribble what a ball. What does it got to do about selling shoes? It's more than just dribbling a ball. Look at Shaq. Shaq was horrible with free throws. I like Michael Jordan. You know why? He said conservatives buy my under my shoes too. No, they don't. I, don't. I hardly ever see anybody wear shoes, first of all. Most Michael people, Jordan, that's what he said. That's what he said. I know, but he's wrong. I've been living in the suburbs so how is he wrong? my life. Ain't no white people wearing no Michael Jordan. So you ain't, ain't felt, no so, white people wearing Jordan. Please. So you're saying ain't that no, when he said that <laughs> when he said that conservatives, 
He said conservatives buy Republicans buy my shoes too. So all Republicans are white. Most Republicans are white. Come on. Now we went from all to most. (laughs) Most Anyway, you go ahead with your show. I'll listen. Yeah. And and tell them players that they don't want to. Tell those players that they don't want to comply. They're going to have to sign another team. Well, it's all throughout the NFL. Find another job. (laughs) Okay, Pianchi. All right. Nice. I can see you, Pianchi. (laughs) Oh, Pianchi. He always. I know Karen was glad she wasn't on that call. Anyway, I know you guys sitting here, Pianchi, but his point was if you don't like it, get out, you know, as far as the NBA players. And I was and I was trying to tell him sometimes athletes are not that easily replaceable. You understand what I mean? Sometimes athletes only come along once in a lifetime, and sometimes you can have an athlete that's really good at their job, but their attitude. You understand what I'm saying? That's why I bought it with Dennis Rodman, one of the best rebounders. He was one of the best in the NBA, right? I remember growing up, I didn't even know much about basketball. But when I watched Dennis Rodman play, I knew he was good, right? But remember he was with the Lakers and wasn't showing up, you know what I mean? So in a way, you know, yes, he can be replaceable. But at the same time, to me, it kind of works both ways. So, you know, that's just my opinion. And I also brought up, like, Mike Tyson. You know, me personally, I'm still waiting for the next Mike Tyson to come along. But he was saying, well, that Russian boxer. And I'm like, oh, come on. You can't compare him to Mike Tyson. I ain't seen nobody yet that's knocking people out in 10 seconds. Come on, man. We all remember Iron Mike Tyson, man. That was a, ooh, even Mike Tyson's body. If you look at Mike Tyson's body when he was 19, come on now, please. That power. I'll be honest. Would you rather... If you were in the ring, would you rather get hit by Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali? Ah, I might take Muhammad Ali because Mike, whoo, man, that was powerful hit, man, too. <laughs> yeah, so I don't need person, like I said, the NFL, they can do what they want to do, right? You already know that. Just for me personally, I think it's kind of jacked up that they didn't at least give the players a head stop you know, notify their agents, whether the players could do something about it or not. It just kind of would have been nice if maybe, you know, they sat with them. You know, even if they said, this is how it's going to be and we're not taking any questions. I mean, you know, but the players are like, dang, I didn't even know this was going to happen. So it's like, wow. You know, I don't know. To me, it's just, it's almost like this is how it's going to be. I don't want to hear no back talk. <laughs> I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's just ridiculous. It's like, I don't want to hear no back talk. You can still ask my field. And, you know, you're going to do your job and you're going to lie. You know, it's like, eh. Yeah, so we'll see. Ooh, it's almost 9 o'clock, you guys. I got you. So, anyway, you guys, thanks for listening as usual. I appreciate it. Um, I hope you guys are going to enjoy your uh, today's weekend. 
And like I said, you know, why you're enjoying this today. Uh, don't forget about the truth. You know, we still have truth literally all over the world. And, you know, some of them, like I said, come back with no arms, no legs, the mental to hell, you know, and wow. You know, and a lot of them are tired. So, you know, just remember about them, you know, as, you know, we can go first. But there's a lot of things uh, we take for granted. Yeah, you guys. I hope you guys have a great week. And uh, I don't know if I'm beyond this. I don't know. I'm not sure. But yeah, but I had a good time talking about this. Very interesting. Yep, yeah, yeah. All right, you guys. Will you guys take care? Thank you guys in the chat room, Karen, Kyrie, and um, Chris, right? Was Chris on there earlier? Uh-oh. Earlier? Yeah. So anyway, you guys, okay, I'm going to go now. I'll wait I'm going to go on our next episode. So yeah, oh, thanks, Karen. Great topic. Yeah, I just had to talk about this. I'm like, Hey, it's kind of like they are really laying down the law, right? And like I said, I do think it's going to be animosity. You know, it's like even if the players don't like the rule, it kind of would have been nice to let them know, you know, and then, uh, you know, Pianchi, the caller, he was like, well, we could send them all a text message. I was like, well, hell, they could have did a conference call. He goes, that's too many people for a conference call. How the hell is it too many people for a conference call? It's like, come on, man. Oh, thanks, Tyree. You guys have a good night, too, and a rest. And, yes, I will see you guys back here. If I don't see you uh, before next Thursday, so you guys take care and stay safe. I'll see you guys later. Bye.